Take your Bibles and turn with me to Jeremiah 29, 11. I don't know if the verse will be up on Scripture, but we're going to read it from the NIV in just a moment. I usually like to use the New King James, but I just like how the NIV words it. Because today I want to take a few moments to talk about destiny and purpose. Amen? Destiny and purpose. How many know that God has made everyone and created everyone on purpose and for a purpose? Right? You're not a cosmic accident. You were created on purpose and for a purpose. And listen, you are not a mistake. You're not a piece of junk. Come on, you were created specifically in mind. We are, Pastor mentioned it early, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen? And I just love what Jeremiah 29, 11 says, and I'm going to read it to you. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Now let me just stop there for a moment. Did you know God has a plan for you? God's got a plan for you. Now listen, the devil has a plot to destroy you, but God has a plan to direct you into your destiny and into your purpose. Amen? Some of you here today may have been told you were a mistake. You were my mess up. You were the result of my one night stand. You were an unplanned pregnancy. Can I just declare to you today, there is no such thing as an unplanned pregnancy. No such thing. Why? Because God planned you from the beginning. Amen? You were never a surprise to God. Now, you might have been a surprise to your mama, and you might have been a surprise to your daddy, but you were never a surprise to God. God knew about you. God wanted you. God planned for you from the beginning, and he is super excited that you are alive and on planet Earth right now. And I'm telling you, somebody needs to hear this because the devil's been lying to you. He's been telling you no one really loves you. No one really wanted you. Your life is just making other people's lives difficult. Hear me today. I rebuke that lie in Jesus' name. You are loved, you are treasured, and you are valuable to God. He planned you before your mama ever met your daddy. And not only did he plan you, he's got big plans for you. Ooh, I don't know what that does for you. That excites me. To know that God already knows the plans he has for me. God's not trying to figure it out. He's not working on it. It's not like God is saying to the angels, get down there to that guy's house, unplug the alarm clock, because I don't know what to do with him today, and I need some extra time. That's not happening, amen? Now, you may not know the plans that God has for you, but God knows the plans that he has for you. And let me tell you what else. He also knows about your strengths. He knows about your giftings. He knows about your weaknesses. He knows about your talents. He knows about your faults. And let me tell you what, because of that knowledge, he has planned your best possible future. Right? God has a plan for you. He has a destiny for us if we want it. I said if we want it, because God's not going to force it upon us. Amen? He loves us too much to try to manipulate us or control us. He always works through the power of love. Amen? And because of his great love for us, he gives us the choice. I can keep doing my own thing, living my own way, banging my head against the proverbial wall, or I can wake up and realize God has a plan for me and an awesome destiny that will completely satisfy me if I accept it. But I have to choose the plan. Amen? But let me tell you what. If I don't choose his plan, I will always fall for the devil's plot. What's the devil's plot? It's twofold. Number one, 
He wants you bound up. Number two, he wants you to believe in lies. That's the twofold plot of the devil, to get you bound up, bound up in sin, bound up in emotions, bound up in your mind, tormenting you there. Come on. Some of you experience that. And if he can't get you bound up, he wants you to believe in lies. Lies like, well, God doesn't love me. Lies like, I'm a failure. I'm a loser. I'm a misfit. I'm a nobody. I'm a disappointment to God. I'll never amount to anything. I'll never be free from my past. Listen, don't ever let your past dictate to you your future. You hear me? Don't let your past dictate your future. You're not who you used to be. Now, you may not be who you want to be, but you're not who you used to be. Amen? You're more than the sum of your past mistakes. And listen to this. Don't confuse what you've done with who you are. Don't confuse what you've done with who you are. Right? You may have failed, but that doesn't make you a failure. You may have experienced loss, but that doesn't make you a loser. Right? When you are in Christ, the Bible says old things are passed away and all things have become new. So we got to pursue after God's destiny and purpose because if we don't, we'll fall for the devil's plot. So let me keep reading. God knows the plans that he has for you. Listen to the next part. Plans to prosper you. Mm, Plans to prosper you. Now listen, God has a plan to prosper us. And some people have taken that word prosperity and they have distorted it so it means we're oozing with money and we can lazily lay around and do nothing for the rest of my life. Come on, that's not God's will. Listen, when he put Adam and Eve in the garden and there was no sin, guess what he told them to do? Work it. God is never about welfare and sitting around doing nothing. Amen? All right. Even when we get on the other side, we're coming back to earth to rule and reign. That's work. Amen? So you're not going to be floating on some cloud eating Philadelphia cheesecake with no calories. Just get that out of your mind. But let me tell you what the word prosper means in this text. Here's the definition of biblical prosperity. It means to break out, to come mightily, to go over, to be good, and to be profitable. Part of God's plan is to prosper us. He's planned it that way. He has not planned for us to live our entire lives broke, busted, and disgusted, discouraged, defeated, and hanging on by a thin thread of hope. Now, we go through seasons of stuff, but God's will is not for us to be there all of our life. That's what happens when you live under the curse. We can expect those things under the curse, but God says we're not the cursed anymore when we're in Christ. We're the blessed. Amen? Come on. God wants us to break out of financial debt. God wants us to overcome life circumstances with might and with power. God wants us to go over the trials of life with a shout of victory. He wants us to be a force of good to push back the darkness. And yes, he wants us to be profitable so we can expand the kingdom of God. But let me tell you a little secret about money and wealth. It is never about what you have. It is always about what you love. Right? The Bible says it's the love of money that is the root of all evil. So God is not against his children having money. He just doesn't want money to have us. Amen? So don't be afraid of God's plan to prosper you because he wants you to use those blessings to be able to bless somebody else and expand the kingdom of God. Amen? Let me keep reading. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Did you hear that? 
God has no plans to harm us. It is not on his calendar for next Tuesday at 3 in the afternoon to smack you upside the head. That is not the plan of God. He has no plans to harm you. It's a lie of the enemy to think that God wants to beat you up and inflict pain upon you. That's not God. That's the devil. Listen, I remember when my oldest daughter, my firstborn, Mackenzie, was born. I remember there in the hospital, and after she was born, and they got her all cleaned up, and they had her all wrapped up, they went and laid that little baby in my arms. Pastor, I remember just gazing into her little eyes, thinking to myself, I can't wait to get this child home so I can whoop on her butt. (laughs) Now, you really think that came into my mind? No, I had no thoughts whatsoever to ever want to harm her. Amen? All I wanted to do was love on her and hold her and favor her and protect her and kiss on her and make sure that she had a bright and fruitful future. Amen? Amen. God doesn't have plans to harm us. And a lot of people have this idea that God is on the throne with a big bucket of lightning bolts next to him, and every now and then he just picks one up and boom, zaps you. Huh? Folks, if that was God, we wouldn't be here because he's not that bad of an aim. Come on, he would have hit us a long time ago, amen? So don't blame God for the terrible things that happen in our life. I'll tell you where they come from. They come from the devil because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come that we might have life and life to the fullest. The good and perfect gifts come down from the Father of lights, amen? Now, I will tell you this, God will discipline us when we need it. But discipline is never for our harm. It's always for our good. Proper chastening done in love will bring correction. Love compels us to discipline. Because I love my child, I'm going to probably spank their hiney if they break from my hand and run out into the street. Why? I love them. I don't want them to get hit by a car, right? So I have to properly discipline them. So if you really love your child, you will discipline them. Amen? Listen, properly correcting and disciplining children is kind of like the banks of a river. If a river doesn't have its banks that keep it contained and flowing right, it will become a swamp. And there's a lot of dead things that live in a swamp. Amen? So children need boundaries. They're like wet cement. Wet cement is useless if you just pour it out. you got to have some molds for it to fill up. Amen? So God doesn't have any plans to harm us, but he will discipline us. Amen? Why? He wants us to grow up and mature. And to grow up and mature, we need proper correction and discipline. I pastored for nearly 15 years, and I had a couple of people in my church that would occasionally say, well, I'm just so glad God never has to discipline me. I never get disciplined from the Lord. I said, honey, you better get on Ricky Lake and get a DNA test because he's probably not your daddy. Because <laughs> if he's your daddy, he's going to discipline you. Amen? Let me keep reading the rest of the verse. Plans to give you hope and a future. You know, at times the world seems so bleak, but God has given us hope. You know, too many people kind of believe this. Well, whatever's going to be, it's going to be. Folks, that, that's not God's plan for you. He has a life for us that will never leave us disillusioned or disappointed. He's got a future for us that is blessed and bright if I choose to follow him. So how am I going to walk and receive this blessed future that God has for me? Let me quickly close by sharing with you three things real quick that we do to receive this blessed life. Number one, I realize who I am in Jesus. 
Realize who I am in Jesus. I call that potential. Do you know that if you're a saved person, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Do you know that if you're a saved person, you are blessed and not cursed? You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. Amen? Do you know that if you know Jesus as a Savior, you've been made justified? That means just as if I never sinned. Did you know that if you're in Jesus, you're more than a conqueror and an overcomer? You're a trophy of his grace. i got to realize who I am in Jesus, my potential. Number two, I have to realize what I have in Jesus. I call that my provision. Did you know that 1 John 4, 17 says, As Jesus is, so we are in this world. You know, I don't have to die and wait to go to heaven to be like Jesus. I'm like him right now. Come on, either the Bible's true or it's not. As Jesus is, so we are right here in this world. Isaiah 53 says, by his stripes we're healed. Hebrews 4 says, I have access to the throne room of God through faith. Ephesians 1 says, I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing. 2 Peter 1 says that he's given to me all things that pertain to life and to godliness. So folks, we have to realize what we have in Jesus, our provision. And number three, and finally, we have to realize where I am in Jesus. I call that my position. Everybody say position. Where am I in Jesus? Well, Ephesians 2 says I'm seated with him. Where? In heavenly places. Amen? I'm not seated with him in these lowly earthly places. I'm seated with him in heavenly places where everything is under my feet. Luke 10 says, I'm in a position of authority over the enemy. Genesis 1 says that I'm in a position where I can take dominion. Come on, God wants you to take dominion. Amen? Listen, God has not created you for the plant kingdom to dominate you. He's created you so you can dominate the plant kingdom. But look at how many people, and sadly even believers, are dominated by the plant kingdom. Bound up to nicotine. Bound up to drugs. Bound up to alcohol, which comes from fruits and vegetables. Hello? How many people are bound by the plant kingdom? And the plant kingdom is dominating their life. No, 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 no. God has put you in a position to dominate. Amen? And 2 Corinthians 5 says that we are Christ's ambassadors. I'm representing the government of God here on this earth. Folks, you have a destiny. You have a destiny. God has a plan, but I have to choose it. And you may be sitting here today and you may be thinking, well, Tim, what could God do with somebody like me? I mean, you don't know my failures. You don't know my sin. You don't know my brokenness. I'll tell you what God can do with you. He can be an expert at taking a nobody and making them into a somebody. Amen. God is a genius at taking a zero and making them into a hero. Come on, he's the best at taking a lump of coal and applying the right amount of heat and pressure and bringing out a diamond. You may not know what God has in store for you, but God does. In Isaiah 46, it says God knows the end from the beginning. Come on. That means God already knows what you're going to do with your life. And he's excited about the great things that you can accomplish if you'll partner with him, if you'll say yes to his plans, if you'll say yes to his purposes. Amen? Listen, too many of us get caught up in saying, I'm trying to fulfill my potential. I'm trying to fulfill my potential. I'm trying to fulfill my potential. How how many have ever done that? You want to fulfill your potential. You know, when you think about that, that's really not what God wants us to do. God doesn't want you to fulfill your potential. 
Come on, most of you have the potential to kill somebody. You think God wants you to fulfill that? Well, no. Even Jesus didn't fulfill his potential. He said, I could call 10,000 angels and they'd come get me off this cross. He had the potential to do that. But Jesus didn't want to fulfill his potential. Jesus wanted to fulfill his purpose. So, folks, don't pursue your potential. Pursue God's purpose for your life. He's got a purpose and a destiny for you to fulfill. Would you stand to your feet with me as the musicians will come back? I'm going to ask if you'll take a moment and just bow your heads and close your eyes. You say, why do you have people bow your heads and close your eyes? Because I know me. I'm kind of like that, you know, that dog that's, you know, know, squirrel, you know, and I'm looking around. Sometimes we get so easily distracted. And all the things that I've said have brought us to this point. So I just want us to just shut ourselves in with God. I just want us to close our eyes and focus about what has been said today. You're so valuable to God. You're so valuable to God. There's probably not a lot of people in your life that you would say, you know what, if their head was on the chopping block, I would volunteer my head. Take me. There's probably not a lot of people. The the list is probably short where you would say, I'll let you have my firstborn kid. You can kill him just to kill that person. The list is probably real short of people that we would either lay our life down for or we would allow somebody to take the life of our precious child. But you know what? When it comes to humanity, God loves people more than anything. And he bankrupt heaven so that we could live. He gave the most precious thing heaven had, Jesus. And Jesus laid aside his glory and came to be a man. Still God, yet became to be a man. And he died a cruel death as an innocent so that you and I could be free. You may be here today and you don't know this Jesus I'm talking about. Maybe you've come to church. Maybe this is your first time here. Maybe you're here and you've just been playing the game of church. Maybe you've heard about Jesus. You know about Christmas Jesus. You know about Easter Jesus. But do you really know Jesus Christ for yourself? Have you ever received him as a personal savior? Have you ever come to the place in your life where you say, Jesus, I really can't do this by myself. And I'm really sorry for all the junk I've done. And I really want you to come and be my savior. You've never done that. I'm telling you, you can do that today. And all these great things that we talked about can be yours. He's no respecter of persons. We all come to Jesus the same way we come to the foot of the cross. There is no other name given unto men whereby we can be saved except the name of Jesus. You're not going to find salvation in Buddha. You're not going to find salvation in Muhammad or Allah. You're not going to find salvation in the Shinto faith. You're only going to find salvation in Jesus Christ. And I'm not talking about rules and regulations and a bunch of do's and a bunch of don'ts. I'm talking about a personal, passionate, vibrant relationship with God. Where he can say, that's my friend. And you can say, that's my Savior. So our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I'm just going to ask real quick. Are you here today and you need Jesus in your life? I'm asking you to join a church or join a 12-step program. I'm not asking you to modify your behavior. I'm not asking you to clean up your life before you come to him. I've had people say, well, you know what, Tim? When I quit my smoking, I'm going to come to Jesus. 
When I give up my drugs and my drinking, I'm going to come to Jesus. Well, my question is, do you wash up before you hop in the shower? Or do you just hop in the shower because you're dirty? Well, most of us just hop in the shower. We don't stand at the sink and wash up. We just hop in the shower. Folks, you don't have to clean yourself up to come to Jesus. He's going to take care of that. He's the one that's going to cleanse us and make us new. He's not into behavior modification. He's not in here to get you to turn over to a new leaf. He's here to give you a new life. Amen? So if you need Jesus today, just real quick, put your hand up in the air and put it right back down again. I see those hands. Anybody else? I see that hand. You just want Jesus as your Savior today. Amen. Amen. The Bible says if we will call upon the name of the Lord, we shall be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. If we will confess with our mouth and believe in our heart the Lord Jesus, we shall be saved. So right where you're at, I want to lead you to Jesus. So I'm going to ask all of you here that are saved and you know Jesus as a Savior, I want you to pray this prayer with me so the ones that don't know Jesus can join in this prayer. And what we're going to do as we pray this prayer is we're believing in our heart what it is that we're praying and we're making a confession with our mouth that Jesus is going to be our Lord and Savior. Are you ready? Everybody pray this with me. Dear Jesus, today I come to you as a sinner in need of a Savior. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean of my past. Remove the blame the shame, and the guilt, and write my name in the Lamb's book of life so that when I pass from this earth, I will have an eternity with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Those of you that receive Jesus as a Savior, I want to make sure that you get a hold of Pastor Jared because he's going to have some materials for you. He's going to help you in your new walk with Christ. But as I was preaching and sharing this word, some of you feel like, you know what? I don't know if I'm really fulfilling my destiny. Sometimes I feel like I'm just like a bump on the log. I wake up, I Netflix, I eat lunch, I Netflix, I eat supper, I Netflix, and I go to sleep. Seems like all I do is just things for myself. But I'm not really fulfilling the destiny, and the purposes of God in my life. And I really want to start to do that. I want to make today a new day to where I say, God, it's not my will, but it's yours be done. As we go into some more worship, I just want to encourage you, if that's you, I want you to just come. I want you to just find a place, whether you stand, whether you kneel at this altar, whether you kneel at the front row, whatever it is, I just want you to find a place. And I want you to just begin to have a little talk with Jesus. And just commit today. I'm going to live for you, God. I'm with purpose and with destiny. I'm not just going to fill a space. Amen? I'm going to find my place and not just fill a space. Because that's what I want to do is get to the other side. And and God say, everything I gave you to do, you fulfilled. You fulfilled all that stuff. I don't want to get to the other side and him say to me, you know, Tim, there's a whole lot of stuff you didn't do. A lot of souls that could have been saved if you would have just done purpose. I don't want to get there and find that out. I want to get there and say, God, I've done everything I could to reach my generation. Amen? I want to fulfill my purpose and fulfill my destiny. Would you come as we begin to sing?